Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. Broadcasting this week from the friendly confines of my living room, where I am feeling fine, but isolating at the moment after a recent brush with COVID-19. Yeah, uh, the throat has been a bit scratchy, the nose has been a bit runny, but I otherwise feel like my normal self. Unfortunately, a positive COVID test did come back on Tuesday morning, and I'm trying to do my part in not infecting everyone else. Uh, So here I am, stuck at home with COVID. Uh, We'll have to push back our weekly chat with FNP sports writer John Cannon about the county sports landscape until next week. But on this week's episode, Oakdale boys track and field coach Ronnie Beard will uh, be joining me via Zoom. The county track indoor championships are this Saturday in Hagerstown. So we'll talk to Coach Beard about that, as well as his longtime career as an athlete and track coach here in the county. Uh, We're really heading into the meat of the indoor track and field season here with counties, the CMC meet, regionals, and then states uh, taking place over the next four weeks. So really all athletes and teams are looking to peak right about now at this point in the season. All right, uh, give me a quick sec, and when we come back, Oakdale track and field coach Ronnie Beard will join me via Zoom. You guys are listening to the Final Score Podcast. On Saturday afternoon at Hagerstown Community College, the Frederick County Public School Indoor Track and Field Championships will take place. Among the favorites for a team championship, as they usually are, will be the Oakdale High School boys. Uh, The coach of the Bears is Ronnie Beard, a former multi-time state champion in the hurdle events, as well as the triple jump for Frederick High School. Ronnie, what's up? Thanks for doing this, man. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for inviting me on here. I was like, I've heard a couple podcasts, so it's like it's pretty cool to be on one. Well, fantastic. I mean, how much do you miss competing in track and field yourself? Um, I do miss it a lot. I miss competing, which is the great part. Um, I don't miss practice, um, which is usually the rough part, the hard work all gets put in, but I do miss competing. Um, at the collegiate level, which is awesome to meet different people from different areas. But I was like, you always get that itch from time to time. And then I was like, uh, I, I know how much work it's going to take to get back in shape to compete. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> what do you miss the most about competing? Uh, I just miss uh, running on relays with my teammates, participating in individual events at different locations. Um, throughout the East Coast, which was pretty cool. Being able to travel and go against like some of the cream of the crop um, that ended up in the Olympics. So that was pretty cool to run against those caliber athletes. Who'd you run against that competed in the Olympics? Uh, I ran against uh, LaShawn Merritt. So he was pretty cool. Uh, Aries Merritt, um, when he was a freshman in college, when I was at the same time, uh, Karan Clement, I ran against him in high school and against him in college. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, Dave Oliver, um, who's now the coach at Howard University. So running against him was pretty awesome. And then I think Ted Ginn, 
I was like in high school. I ran against him in high school, not in college. The, the, the NFL player, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, so that was awesome, running against him. And then actually watching like Alan Johnson run on a four by four, a leg on a four by four, and like that was awesome to watch him run. Who's the fastest guy you've ever run against? Uh, fastest guy I've run. Oh my gosh, when I competed at USATF Indoor Nationals, and I got left in the blocks, and then realized that they got paid for a reason. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> like it was <laughs> it was indoor, and it was against Dave Oliver when he graduated college and turned pro and his coach Brooks, who was like this older man, he was like, he was hilarious, but like getting left in the blocks, it was a great race. And I was actually in the race. Like you got to watch the race as you ran in the race because they were fast in front of you. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, what was going through your head when you were racing against uh, Oliver? Oh, it was like, all right, so all right, you're, you're pretty tall. I was like, you're fast. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize you were that fast. <laughs> as I was running in the race and I was like, all right, maybe I'll run a fast time also. And then I was like, Oh, you get paid for this reason. This is your career. I'm like, all right, I'm glad I'm still in college. So don't have to worry about that yet. So don't, don't give right. up. Don't give up your day job. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the race? Was it a hurdle race or a sprint? Or... It was the 60 meter hurdles at the Reggie Lewis center in Boston. Okay. It was awesome. And like, all right. And then it was great to watch the rest of the meet because you're like, I love just watching being a fan and a spectator. Yeah. W what's the most memorable race you ever run, would you say? Was it that one or was it another one? Um, it was another one where I was at like NCAA regional down at, I think it was at the University of Florida and where I qualified for nationals. So that was probably the best in the 400 hurdles because I was like, oh, I don't think I have a chance to make it. I was like, I always want to go, uh, and it was great. My uncle lives in California, so he was close to where it was in Sacramento, and it was just, I ran a great race in the 400 hurdles, uh, made it, and then qualified for nationals, so that was, like, probably one of my, one of my, like, best memories in college. I was like, other than falling across the line at conferences, and then, like, like, scraping my shoulder. And making it to the finals, but that was still pretty cool. Also, <laughs> is that a total like Snickers want to get away moment when you fall across the line? I mean, how how do you deal with something like that? Yeah, um, I it's interesting because I want to fall at least across the line and not during the race, right? Because at least at least you feel a little better falling across the line. You finish the you race, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like when I was in high school, I think sophomore year, three hundred hurdles, I fell on the turn at when when states used to be at umbc fell on the turn like going into first place and then it was raining because for some reason it always rained at umbc's during state always so fell slid hopped back up and then realized that this is also a 300 meter hurdle so i'm like oh my gosh just dying just trying to get to the finish line and finish fifth but that was you finished was fifth. you finished fifth while after yeah. falling yeah finished fifth and i was like still upset because, like, if I would have won, we would have won as a team. And I was like, man. But I was like, I'm glad I finished fifth. And then it was pretty Right. Fun. I mean, that, that, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, you can't be too upset about that. But is that just, like, the worst feeling ever when, when you fall? Oh, yeah. It's like, what did I do wrong? What happened? Why, why me? Fit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why me? And the one time, thank God, it's raining outside that I'm sliding and not, like, scraping myself up. And the other time was like, 
oh, I'm glad this is a Mondo track because it's a lot flatter. So I'm not getting like that, that burn. So it's, it's pretty cool. And also not falling on like when Westminster used to be like an asphalt track. It's probably awesome to not fall on that. Right. <laughs> is, is, is it more embarrassment or are you more angry when, when that happens? Yeah. How, how do you, how do you yeah. deal with that? It's like a mixture of like embarrassment and like anger because you're embarrassed because you like fell in front of people. It's like angry because then you fell and you're like, oh. I was like, oh, I want to know what I would have ran. And then I fell. Ah. But then you're like, afterwards, you're like, ah. I was like, it happens. Like you're a hurdler. Um, there's two things that you always know that your knees and ankles are going to get messed up and then you're going to fall at least once. Right. Like, you don't know when it's going to happen, but you're going to fall. Yeah. <laughs> So when, when, when it happens to one of your kids, well, I mean, you're the perfect guy maybe to be able to console them because you've been through it before. So, 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 so what do you say to one of your kids yeah. when, when, when they trip and fall accidentally or, or some embarrassing moment might take place? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm usually silent at first because I see it. Like I saw like my athlete last year, I'm like, yeah, I'm running. Go, 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 go. And then they go down and fall, and I'm like, all right, they finished. I was like, they walk over, and I'm like, all right, I'm usually silent to gauge how their reaction is. Like, are they really angry? Are they upset? Are they sad? Then she's like, all right, okay. I'm like, you fell. All right, there we go. It's like, brush how yourself do you feel? off, move on. Yeah. yeah. Pick yourself oh, yeah. It's like, up. How do you yeah. Feel? yeah. And they were like, I was on track for a PR. I'm like, all right, well, boom, there we go. We were on track for a PR. I'm like, all right, we can brush it off because, granted, we probably have another event to compete in. So we got to refocus and reset. And then it's like, they're like, yep. Okay. All right. I'll worry about it next time. I'm like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, it happens. I'm like, you're a hurdler and it happens. We hope it happens in practice and not in a track meet, but Hey, it happens. Yeah. You, you spin it into a positive, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, everyone falls, too. I mean, Carl Lewis has probably fallen at one point during his track career. Usain Bolt's probably tripped and fallen at one point in your track career. But when it happens oh, yeah. to you, you don't think about all the other people that have tripped and fallen before, right? <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, so you don't think about, like, I was like, Lolo Jones, it happened to her. And I was like, oh, man. And you just see it all the time. Hurdle, event, hurdle events more, you see it a lot more where people fall because the barriers are in the way. Right. And then it's yeah, you're, like. You're jumping like, over stuff. Epic. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an epic crash and burn. I'm glad it's not steeplechase because they don't move. So you're just gonna go down and like, right. Just... But when it but when it happens to you, of course, all you think about is it's only happened to you. You're the only person yeah. that's ever done it, and and you, and you you can't get beyond your worldview, so to speak, and realize that, oh, yeah. that, that it happens to everyone. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, I was like, no, it hasn't happened to anybody else, even though I've seen it before. It's right. like, it's, it's my time to wallow. <laughs> it's the worst moment ever. Um, is, is it hard for you to watch hurdle races as a, as a former competitor? Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Like watching JV races, I'm like, it's it's not as like bad because I know that they're starting out. I'm like, all right, this is cool. All right, this is what happens. Uh, like, depends on varsity races and you see like a hurdler that's like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous, or this is beautiful hurdling, like, oh, like, um, when it was, um, DeAndre Echoes at Potomac, when he, like, smashed the state record, and I got to watch him, like, smash my state record, because it was just gorgeous, and, like, watching him hurdle at the first meet that he did, that wasn't at states, I'm like, 
I was like, oh, this is going to be like, he's going to crush it. And his hurdling form is like gorgeous. And so so like, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't mad about him smashing your record? Oh no. Cause it was like, it, you could, you knew it was going to happen because his hurdling form and his speed was just amazing to watch. And it was like, it's only a matter of time. Like he's going to smash it. And, and he smashed it and wiped it away. And it was just, it was just phenomenal to actually see it done. And it's like, it was just gorgeous. Like if you see a hurdler that looks amazing, you're like, it's like, I can't be upset. I can't be mad. <laughs> tell us again, tell us about what you, what, what you yes, talked about um, with, with uh, uh, the, the Potomac young man who broke your record. Oh yeah. It was like just great raised. And he was part of a squad where it was like Ronald Darby, who's now like in the NFL as a cornerback. Um, he was a phenomenal sprinter. Uh, he had another teammate that through shot put was also a sprinter too. But that, that squad was just awesome to watch and compete because there weren't that many of them. And he was just multi-talented in doing the hurdles. And then watching him outdoor do the 110 and the 300, it was like, wow. And then he ended up going to University of South Carolina and then running for like Curtis Fry. So he was just amazing to watch. Well, what wasn't there a part of you when you talked to him that said, "You son of a gun"? Yeah, you, you had to, you had to beat my record, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> I was like, I was like, you get upset that like, ah, oh, I was like, you broke my record, and then I was <laughs> like, oh, and then it's like maybe I, I, I probably should have ran faster, and I don't know if I could have ran faster, but I was like, ah, to put it maybe out of reach, but I was like, hey, records get broken. I'm like, shoot, even. I was like, even the 400 meter hurdle record, world record got broken by two athletes. But just to be like the second place runner and you broke it, but it doesn't count. It's your, at least you have the American record. And it's like, ah. Yeah. Well, what would you say is the coolest opportunity your track and field career afforded you? I was like, the coolest opportunity was just loving to travel in college and being able to go different places. Um, I competed unattached one time in New York at the, uh, I think it was the Icon Stadium uh, for like the Adidas Grand Prix. That was awesome just to be able to be like, oh, hey. And I was like, that's Ronaldo Nehemiah, like when he was an agent. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Oh, got my dog in the background. Oh, he, he, wants, he wants to jump on. He wants to jump on with us here. Yeah. yeah. I was like, she's excited. I was like, but being able to travel that. Oh, real quick yeah sure go grab her yep well uh give coach beard a second to uh tend to his dog who uh wanted to jump on the podcast and talk about its uh track and field career as well so we'll we'll just uh, give him a sec before he as he, as he uh, gets back with us here so and tells us about his college experience um there ah is, is that is that is, is that a uh uh, a girl there you have, uh, Coach yes. Beard. Yes, this is Ruby, the mini golden doodle. Uh, the golden, do they, and they don't they don't shed, do they? So they're a nice, easy no, dog yeah. to maintain. Like, oh, so. Gorgeous, easy dogs, but yeah, she does well on multiple things. Yeah, who's fat? Who's faster, you or Ruby? Um, it's I was like shoot, in a, in a straight shot, I think I got her, but she can turn corners in a field a lot quicker than i <laughs> yeah she she has that she has that bend that most uh, humans uh, don't have so oh yeah <laughs> and she's low to the ground too so her center of gravity is like wow <laughs> right so 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 you love tra you love traveling as, as a college athlete and you were at maryland uh, eastern shore right yeah <laughs> yeah this is i was like that was 
that was awesome. It was like a small D1 college, uh, no football team, which is a little upsetting because I love watching all different sports. But I was like running against like Texas and Oklahoma and, and like Florida and Florida State. I was like, that was awesome, especially when it came to like pen relays and like watching like teams from Oregon come up there and them running their four by ones and four by fours. And we're like, all right. I was like, we, we can hang a little bit. I was like, we can hang. I was like, so being from a small HBCU, I'm like, it's awesome to be able to run with it. And it's like, and just like, hey, I was like, we're going to be put on the map. I was like, we don't have to go to a big D1 program to, to run with the boys. Well, well, was track always your sport, or did you play other sports growing up? I was like, I played football, baseball, basketball. Um, I played football freshman, sophomore year in high school. And as I realized, I'm like, I probably don't want to get my body broken up. Like right. College. And I was like, track, I run around in a circle. I'm like, all right, this is cool. Yeah, you're, like, pretty, you're, pre- you're pretty fast, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm pretty fast. I can long and triple jump. So I was like, you know, hey, I might have like back problems later on. But I was like, I'm not getting hit. So I'm, I'm, I think I'll go with track and field. <laughs> oh, why, why, why not baseball or basketball or some of the other sports? Why, why was track and field your, your choice? Oh, track and field was my choice because I'm like, all right, I'm fast. I'm like, baseball, I'm like, all right, I have to make sure, like, I can hit the ball. Granted, I was a left-handed batter, so, like, bunting and, like, stealing was pretty cool. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the next level like this. Basketball, I was like, 5'10", and I'm not a point guard, and I, and I don't have a great jump shot. I'm like, all right. Track and field seems to be the way to go. Like, that, right, that, can... that offered you your your best chance, your 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 yeah. highest your highest ceiling, uh, so to speak. So, right. um, who who were your athletic role models growing up? Who, uh, who, whether it be someone you knew or, or someone famous, uh, who who did you really look look up to and idolize uh, growing up as a kid? Oh yeah, I was like I looked up to because I was part of like the MJ era. I was like the Michael Jordan era, even yeah. though I didn't play basketball. I was like looking up, love watching the Olympics and seeing people run like Gail Devers. That was back in the heyday, uh, watching her run. I was like Maurice Green, because um, like looking at his antics and like having a fire extinguisher because he was running incredibly fast and then like like ex- extinguishing like his shoes because he was rolling. I was like just watching those and like oh when it was like watching Hisham El Garouge who was like the rock and Moroccan when he ran the fifteen hundred like just trying to be like, maybe I can get on that level of track and field, uh, watching other people run. Um, it was fantastic because I was still in high school when Centroids was at Broadneck running. And that was that was awesome to watch. And then he ended up winning a gold medal in the Olympics. So it's that's like pretty, that's, that's people, pretty crazy, right? Someone you know winning a gold medal. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Like, oh, oh. You're from Maryland. I'm like, oh, all right, okay, that's awesome. It was like just looking up to those, to those different people. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm a herdler. Oh, okay, all right. You know, Alan Johnson was like the man. Like you're 38 years old, still hurting. Like you're like the man. And then like meeting him in person, watching him run a 400. I'm like, oh, so a 110 hurdler actually is running the 400. I'm like, okay, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Were you a better 110 hurdler or were you a better 300 hurdler? Better 300 hurdler because I could alternate legs while hurdling. So that was pretty cool. And then it helped me the 400 hurdles in college because I would lead with my left leg on 
the turn because it's a lot easier so you don't have to cut across so that was pretty awesome like all right even though my dominant leg is my right the left was a lot better in the 400 hurdles so it was a lot easier and it was way better than running like a flat 400 because you have stuff in the way that you can concentrate on and not have to do like the flat four which was pretty awesome right so you almost have like distractions as you're running the race like to, yeah. to, to take your mind off how horrible uh the, yeah. the, the actual yeah. race is so oh, yes. yeah how horrible and then you can actually gauge where you are in the race by people going over the hurdles right uh alternating legs is that something that most hurdlers do or is that something was that unique to you um most hurdlers don't alternate legs because they have a dominant leg and aren't it takes a lot more coordination to alternate legs um what, what, why did you do it um, I did it because it was weird and I did it by accident in high school and my coach saw it was like, you just alternated with the opposite leg. And I'm like, didn't know that because I didn't fall and like just flat out burnout. But learning how to do it with the left leg was great. And then if I was off my steps, I could still use my opposite leg because I was still strong enough in it. So it was great. And just it made sense. Yeah, I mean, but do you get thrown off? Do your steps get thrown off at all, or or, or does it does it help you, like you said, in a sense that you yeah. can go over with either leg? Yeah. I was like, you get thrown off, and then you realize, all right, I have to speed up or I have to cut, do a cut step before I get to the hurdle to get back on rhythm and get back on pattern. So it's like, oh, I'm glad I didn't. I was I'm able to alternate to make sure, like, okay, all right, I can alternate, I can get back on stride. Um, so I'm not like stuttering profusely to get to the next hurdle and like break my entire momentum. Right. You, you can't think about your steps that much when you're racing, right? It, it's gotta nah. be sort of like second nature, right? Cause if you think about your steps, yeah. you're, you're, you have no chance, right? Oh yeah. It's a lot easier counting one, two, three in the one tens. Cause I'm like, are you not thinking hard? And you're like trying to speed up one, two, three in your head instead of like counting to like 17 or 21 <laughs> in, in the 300 hurdles. Right. I, I talked to Luke Campbell, uh, who ran, who ran in the Olympics from Frederick County, uh, uh, last week. And he was talking about just how tough the, uh, 400 meter hurdles is and just how horrible a race that is just on, on your bodily and on your body and how draining it is. The first time you ran the 300 hurdles, did you, did you like that race or did you think this is the worst thing ever? Oh, I was like, this is horrible. I was like, when it comes to it and just, it's just interesting. And like, yeah, Luke, I was like, for some reason, we're distant cousins because my parents grew up in Brunswick and were born and raised and next door neighbors to the Campbells. So it's just interesting and weird. Like, oh, this is crazy. Like, oh, he's in the Olympics for Germany. Right. But it's like, you want to die. Like, you never want to do this race again. And like, this sucks. I'm like, why did you put me in this race? And I, please let me do something else. And then you learn to get endurance and figure out the entire race. Yeah. That you just will sprint all out and then die. Yeah. Well, so, so why'd you stay with it if you hated it so much? Yeah. I was like, stay with because I, I hated hurdles my freshman year in high school. Absolutely hated it. My coach put me in it. Hated it. I'm like, this sucks. This is terrible. I'm not going to do this. And then I was like, all right, let me give it a try again sophomore year. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm pretty decent. Like, okay, I, I, I guess I'll give it another try and figure out how not to die. And then after I figured out how not to die, then I can figure out how to raise it to actually be good at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being, being good at something, that makes you want to stay with it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like, would, 
makes it makes it all better <laughs> if you end up being good at it. Right. What what made you interested in wanting to be a coach? Uh, I literally had no idea. I was subbing one day in a high school at Tuscarora, and I'm like, hey, we need a coach. Like, all right, never thought I'd be a coach. I thought I'd you know, at least try competing a little bit outside of college, um, see where that goes. I was like, all right, sure, I'll give it a go. I'll figure out, use some of my workouts from college and then just like tailor it down to the different times. Um, I was still in the college mentality. So I was like, I was, a, I was like the firecracker when I first started coaching. I was like a hothead a little bit. Then I've like calmed down a lot more as you get older. Cause it was like a firecracker of like, I was like, what is this? What are you doing? I'm like, this is high school. All right, just calm down a little bit. I'm like calm down, they're in high school. They're not in college. It's not the end of the world. I was like, gotta train them up to get them ready if they want to compete at the next level. Even if it's not track and field, and if you're a football player getting ready for college, just to get you actually how to run correctly. And it's like, all right, you know how to run now. So it can actually help you in football or basketball or other sports that you're in. And then it's like, all right. So I consider that like part of coaching. It's also like part of life and other life skills. It's not just always about just running. It's always about like, all right, hey, you've learned this. You learn how to be accountable. Track and field is a lot more individual sports. So you have to learn how to warm up by yourself and get ready and check in for your event and uh, be held accountable. Like when coach isn't there, um, are you doing the things that you're supposed to do? So it's it's just trying to instill those different um, principles in the athletes that we had today. Yeah. Well, were you destined for this career? Or did you always want to get into coaching and education or were you wandering in the desert a bit after your track career ended in college? Oh yeah, I thought I was going to get into coaching when I was like 30. Not at like 21. I right. I was like, like, all right, you know, I'll compete a little bit. You know, I'll do that and figure out what I'm doing, and and then I'll, and then I'll coach, and then I'll settle down, and then I'll coach. Not like 15, I think years later, maybe I think it's 15. Yeah, like 15 years later, I was like, oh, still coaching. Uh, education. Um, I always knew I wanted to work with um, kids because I got along with kids better. It's usually the adults that are like, ah. Um, but it's pretty awesome. I wanted to be a juvenile counselor because I went to school for criminal justice. So I'm like, all right, you know, hey, well, I'm actually working with kids to make sure that they don't become juvenile delinquents. So being in the school system, like, I was like, that's pretty awesome. Like, I want to get them before um, something bad happens and they end, end up in the juvenile delinquency system to try to prevent that. But 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 your substitute teaching job, were you just trying to get your feet wet a little bit in 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 teaching, and uh, just how did that how did that opportunity come about, or why why were you a sub at Tuscarora? I was like, it came about because I was like I was at a dinner somewhere with my old school principal Denise Fargo Devine, and she was like, "You're gonna apply to be a sub. This is what you're gonna do." And yes, so I became a sub, and then I did residency subbing. Um, in a building at Tuscarora. And then I ended up being like, I worked in special ed as an instructional assistant. So I worked in special ed for 10 years there. And then I was like, uh, let me let me take the next step and become a teacher. Right. <laughs> in, in Tuscarora, they needed a track coach, obviously. So so they, they, they tapped you. Did you think you were ready for the job when, when you took it? Nah, 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 I didn't. <laughs> nope. I was like, let me just, I was like, it was a uh, trial by fire. 
when it came to it. And it's like, all right, so you know, hey, you learn some things, you you learn other coaches' things. I emailed and texted my my coaches from college, um, like, hey, can I get some workouts, uh, some printouts, uh, tables uh, to figure out? I was like, how am I gonna? I was like, how am I gonna get this to work and then make it my own when it comes to it? Right, and it says it sounds like you were a hard guy to 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 compete for right away because you were a little you were a little wound up as a coach. <laughs> Oh yeah, a little wound up because you. I was like, the competitive spirit never leaves you. Right. Uh, yeah. When it comes to it, so then I'm like, I learned I still have that competitive spirit because I'm like, I don't like to lose. I'm like, who likes to lose? And it's like this: if you're gonna lose, at least PR, at least have a personal best um, when you do it. And like, did you run faster than before? I'm like, are you stronger than yesterday? When it comes to it, so. I got that motto from uh, Dave Lillard when I came over to Oakdale because the team motto at Oakdale was like stronger than yesterday. And I'm like, all right, are you faster than yesterday? Are you stronger than yesterday? Um, so we just we just kept it um, for that, which is great. I'm like, shoot, I learned a whole bunch of stuff from Dave uh, when it comes to it because what? I was an assistant coach where I was like, I've never been an assistant coach. This is this is amazing. I was like, I'm not in charge. Yeah, right. I don't have to worry about. I don't have to worry about being in charge. I'm like, oh, this is, this is the life. Where it's like, oh, I was like, this is great. And then he just leaves. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say now. Now you're back in charge. So 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 Dave leaves and in, in Oakdale. Uh, you're over at Oakdale after after leaving Tuscore. How long were you Tuscore for, by the way? Uh, Tuscore for ten years. Ten ten years. So you put in a decade at Tuscore, and you and you learn a lot about coaching. Yeah. You you learn a lot about yourself, and then you're at Oakdale, and yeah, right. It's, it's easy again because yeah. you're you're just an assistant. So so, how'd you feel when Dave left? Were were you ready to be a head coach again? Were you looking for that opportunity, or is it just something you sort of no. fell into again? I was like, no. I was like, I was ready to to hopefully be an assistant coach still. And not take the reins over again. So I was probably looking for somebody else to like try to take over, but it didn't happen. And I still wanted um, continuity of the program. So I still wanted the program to be successful and be great. All right, just had to move upstairs. Uh, and I was like, all right, so I, all right, I'll take it back over. And it's like great. So the kids didn't have to worry about uh, somebody new coming in and then new routines and different things. So it was, it was just, I was like, all right, let me hop back in. All right, see how long I'll hop back in in the head coach position. Yeah, this is what, a year, year, well, I mean, we had the COVID year last year, so that doesn't count yeah. for, for anyone really, but, but exactly. this, this, this is what, two, year two back in the back in the head job at, at, at Oakdale? Yeah, I was like, year two, and it's still fantastic because I have awesome, like assistant coaches granted i they're really not assistant coaches because granted it's like you're like the head coach of distance because i'm like i might give you some knickknacks on whatever like suggestions on relays but still i'm like it's like it's it's your it's your guys you you got that i was like heinzy who just produces state champion pole vaulters like it's no joke and i'm like all right you've had eric artuzio you've had eric starks you have sam stars i'm like how many i was like how many state champion pole vaulters can you have Heinze? like like you just 
you just keep going, you're like a factory of pole vault champions. Yeah, this is uh, Chris Hines, the long, the long time yeah. vaulting coach for, mul- for multiple schools in the county, and he is he is fantastic. So you're looking at that, I'm sure, and you're saying, hey, there's there's an easy 10 points for me per meet, right? Yeah, I was like, easy 10 points, and it's like, I was like, I don't know how you're a magician, and you keep on saying that you're going to retire every year, and then you have another pole vaulter that wins states, and it's like, all right, I guess I'll stay around until they graduate. I guess I'm like, you're going to be around for a while. <laughs> it's like, then I have like the girls assistant distant coach, but he also coaches high jumps. So it's just awesome. We have a, a great team over there. And it's like, I, I can't, I was like, I can't run the races for you. So it's like, we have a great group of guys that just buy in. Like if you have the buy-in and if you have that whole sense from like, Oakdale pass of like, all right, it's like a standard that has been set that like, we don't like to lose and we like to do it as a team, then it's, it's a lot easier to be like, well, this is the standard that has been at Oakdale. Like there's, here's the trophy case right here. Like fellas, it's, it's right there. It's not just the guys, it's like the girls too, when they had their run of like state championships. So it's, it's a standard that's been set. So it's not that hard to convince um, to just buy in and just it be in the team aspect, even though it's an individual sport. It's just great to just know that, all right, look, hey, I here's the lineup. Here's what's going on. And, like, you only can do so much at the meet. Like, practice is where I can get to yell at you and micromanage and do all that. The meet, I'm usually – Shoot, talking with coaches and just like cutting it up on the side and the meat. Like, cheering the, on my that's kids. the easy. The, the meat yeah. is the easy part. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, the meat's the easy part. It's not like at the football game where, oh my gosh, that's just stressful. I was like, the meat is like, all right, I'm stressed, but it's still boom. You can see it pay off when when they get PRs or when they come up and they figured out, well, I did this, 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 and this, and I could fix it next time with this and this. I'm like, are right, you actually are paying attention when I'm talking? All right, that's great. Sometimes in class, I don't know if people were paying attention, but then you have the kid like, yeah, oh yeah, I understood what you were talking about. Okay, cool. And, and you could have taken over worse programs, like you said. I mean, you, you wound up at Oakdale, which already had a, a long and established tradition. So, so sliding into that driver's seat wasn't wasn't that huge uh, of, of a challenge, I imagine. Oh yeah, I would say it was awesome um, sliding in because I'm like, I already knew what the program was. I'm like, shoot, there, there's always. There's always gems and diamonds and programs, and then you just build around them. And then always, I always like to base how we did off of like my slowest runner and did they improve throughout the season? I was like, you may not have scored points, but if you've improved throughout the season, I consider that more successful than like my runners who are already fast. Because I'm like, you're, you're already fast. I'm just like tweaking little things here. But if it's like my slow runner who came and it was you were hard putting left in front or right and your arms and legs were going up at the same time. I'm like, all right, if I can get you to run and you've improved throughout the season, I consider that more of a bigger victory than like, well, I already know you're fast and you're awesome. I can just tweak that. I was like, there's not really that much coaching going into that than someone who's never ran before. All right, so you guys got counties this weekend, then CMCs the following week. You guys are on a bit of a roll. Uh, last week at the Warrior Invitational, you guys were the team champions. The week before at the Dwight Scott Invitational, you guys were the team champions. And it, right before Christmas at the Jeff Spielman Winter Classic, you guys were the team champions. So, so why are you guys 
hitting on all cylinders right now heading into counties. I said, well, it was great um, that we're hitting on all cylinders, um, even with people in sparing events just to figure out it happens and COVID, this throws a wrench in. So then you lose some people for 10 days beforehand. And I'm like, all right, if we're, if you're going to get COVID and be out, at least be out before break or be like early January. Because when it comes to championship season, please don't be out. Please wear your mask. Get it so over with. You're not out. Yeah, I was like, get it over with even though I really don't want you to get it anyways, but just get it out of the way. And then they just, we just click on different cylinders and I'm glad we're hitting our stride at the right time. And it's great. I was like, I, I would, I would give those invitationals back just for the championship season and we can win there. I was like, I was like, all right guys, just cause we won in like December and early January. I'm like, look, this, counties conference and like regionals and states wherever that may be i'm like these are the ones that are, are that matter that come into play like all right like before invitationals we won that's great but i was like if you can't back it up when it comes to counties or regionals and you get knocked off i'm like don't don't always stay humble always stay hungry <laughs> and always be in a hurry well granted because it's track so you're always in a hurry but still <laughs> humble and hungry because if you don't if you're not hungry somebody that's hungrier than you is going to come up run past you and then you're going to be like well what happened i was like we want everything else i'm like well they were hungrier and it's like there's a bullseye and a target on your back that they want to knock you off right so so your season in earnest starts unofficially this weekend at counties yes also we've done all the we got to put all the work in beforehand uh We'd love talking to it as coaches on Howard, literally thinking about different things, texting back and forth, um, the coaching staff, like, all right, should we put this person in this event? Could they double up? Could they triple up? Um, how can we get points in here? Because um, then, you know, we have other schools that are coming into play. Uh, Linganore um, is right there that they have the pieces that they can put together. So we're just looking at how can we counterbalance what they're bringing to the table um, and just making sure like TJ, Larry has a great program over there. Um, and it's just those, it's it's just wild. Then you, then you got the the dark horse sprinter from Catoctin right there. It's like you just, just throwing, putting down national times. I was like, Jesus, they got to figure out what event he's going to be in because he's like a multi-event. He'll be like a decathlete if he goes to college. So. We don't right. know what he's going to be in. We just get points in. I was like, I don't know. Do you have a meet all figured out scoring wise before you go into it? Like, have you scored this county meet already? No, I have not. And it's probably like shame on me because it's literally from like the tree of Lillard who literally scores the meet out beforehand. And that's what we always do. And I, in my head, I know where points are fall. I don't know how many points there are that are going to fall. Um, but I feel it's going to be close. And I was like, it's going to be close. I was like, even though my guys think it's not going to be, I was like, no, it's going to be close. I'm like, it's going to be a lot closer than what you've done in the invitationals because you never know what coaches are going to do. Uh, I was like, shoot, thinking from like the mind of Lillard, I was like, what is, what is he going to do? What is Andreas going to do uh, when it comes to it? And then are there people that haven't ran in the meet yet because they were sick, but they're ridiculously fast and going to be in that first slow heat and they end up winning counties? Yeah, the, 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 the people that come out of the woodwork, yeah. Yeah, 
I was like, your woodwork. And you're like, yep, didn't see that coming. Or I probably should have because I knew they were there, but they haven't ran in the event yet that I knew that they were, that I should have seen. But I'm right. Like, so however the chips fall. <laughs> right. I wanted to ask you about a couple of your kids in particular. Uh, Sam Stars, who you mentioned before, uh, great pole vaulter, state champion. Uh, pole vaulter also has done well in the sprints for you guys. Tell us about uh, Sam and his season so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam is fantastic and, shoot, fantastic just student athlete to the core. Him being the student member of the board also. So him just juggling multiple things. Uh, he's one of our team captains for the team. And he was on the teams that won the state title for indoor and outdoor. I was going to uh, say, it seems like Sam's been at Oakdale for about yeah. 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like he's been there 15 years, but only like four. And I was like, he was part of the team where it, it would probably, it would have been a triple crown if they didn't cancel our outdoor season because they won cross country, won indoor. And I'm like, we were rocking and rolling outdoor. And he just won the state title like, Hey, I won. But phenomenal, great team captain, just great person. Uh, he realized that, yes, yeah, sprinting wise, when he PR'd, it's great because him being fast actually transitions over to the pole vault. Because if you're ridiculously fast in the pole vault, you and then you can roll. It's like Mondo, um, who broke the world record because he's also incredibly fast on the track too. So it just transitions where 15, six. And like 16 feet is right there. Like it's just wild and crazy. Right. I hope I'm pronouncing uh, this young man's name right, but Abishak um, Muda Reddy. Uh, am oh, yeah. I, am yeah. I, am, am I close? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been great for you in the in the mid distance events and in the distance events. Oh, yeah. She's like, Abby, Abby's been awesome watching him from like a freshman who had no clue what was going on. Cause you, you love those freshman distance runners and those freshman runners that are like fast. But you have, but they have no clue on what type of speed they can do. What are they doing? I forget. What are you doing over there, my dog? I was like, and it's just awesome to just see how he's grown and matured as like a younger team captain uh, for our team, and he's done so well. Oh, this is what you're tearing up. Uh, Ruby, Ruby's tearing something up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, her. Her, the only thing with doodles and poodles, because they come from poodles, they have great chewing in jaws. <laughs> They're like sharks almost, right? Oh my gosh. And they'll just keep going. And it's just crazy. Like, but it's like, you just hope that when it comes to Abby, it's like, all right, like, Abby, you can do this. You have the foot speed because you ran 53 seconds in the opening leg of a four by four. So you got the foot speed. You can do it. We just need you to make sure that you are able to balance in each event that you can just to make it through. And it's like a resetting of the mindset over and over again when it comes to each race. So you have to do this race and then you have to do the next race and then you have to reset again and do another race. You just can't think of, well, I got, I got the 800, I got the mile, I got the two mile and I might have another race. I was like, nope. I was like, you got to do it one at a time. You got to do it like a business, like boom. I open this job, I close this job. I open this job, I close the next job, and I open this job, and I close the next job. If you think of it all at once, you're going to be like, well, I need to conserve energy because I need to do this event, and then I need to, and I'm like, nope, uh-uh, nope. Run your race, cool down, reset, next race, cool down, reset. Uh, who are some of the other kids that have really been coming through for you so far this season? Yeah. 
I was like, oh, we've had, I was like, Mason Scott did great last week in the hurdles and ran a PR. I felt like it just clicked um, when he did that. Uh, we had an athlete come from Howard County this year, Sam Skinner, which is like coming from injury during uh, cross country a little bit. So he is interesting, like when, what events we're going to put him in. And then like Connor Pamplin who is like our interesting dark horse when it's like the four by eight, the 500 and like, and like the four by four on how he fits in. And it was like, I love our, I love my sprinters of like Joseph Mambo and Bobbin Nataraja because Bobbin outdoor uh, qualified in the one in the 200 for States uh, when it was, um, it was great because um, Bobbin shot up, which was, which was awesome. He shot up, and got a lot taller uh and then he came out of the shadow of like his older brother because his older brother was heron um who right. won like <clears throat> 300 hurdles and placed in the 110s and then bobbin found his own his own place in like the sprints and then just has just turned it on and turned it over and has been like an integral part of the team and i just love the quality points um of our of of our athletes that are like, all right, boom, hey, I need, I also, I don't just need first, second, and third. I also need sixth, seventh, and eighth. I need those quality points. I need those scrappy points so that we can, so that we can do multiple things. I'm like, oh my god, so that we can figure out how to actually win this championship and pull it together. Do you expect most of these guys to be with you, Coach Beard, um, in the outdoor season? Yeah, I expect most guys. Um, I got my, my second hurdler that should. Um, he might dual sport in baseball and in and in track. He might. Um, hopefully, I've got to talk to his baseball coach about that uh, and see how that is. I might get like some lacrosse players that might dual sport. I don't know. Um, it's a lot easier flexibility wise with. Uh, track and field because we have the meets usually on the weekends and right. lacrosse games like two or three times during the week and you might not and have I'm, to be at every practice right ex exactly because i'm like i was like guys i'm i was like we're flexible as coaches i'm like we're flexible like we we, we don't need to see you every day we're not we're not going to be selfish and just i'm like we we want to win too so we'll, we'll figure it out and talk between coaches and see how it goes but um, we'll get some more, um, probably get some more football players coming out. Um, hopefully we get like uh, Andrew Hodges and Evan Austin from the football team because um, they did different sports and they did basketball. Hopefully like Ethan Schilling comes out from the soccer team because he's pretty quick because you need more bodies outdoor because there are more events because you don't want to tax the same bodies over and over again. So it's like, we need a couple more bodies, hopefully get a couple more pieces put together. The field events come into play. So hopefully outdoor, you know, we can reload. It's never like revamping. We just reload. How, how do you feel about the indoor season as opposed to the outdoor season? I mean, indoors, you're going pretty much to the same event or to the same venue in, in, in Hagerstown week after week. That's where most of your meets are. And it's just, is, is, is indoor track, is it a lot weirder than outdoor track? Oh my gosh, indoor track, it seems like, oh, it's like forever. It takes like forever in a day. And the season starts in November and it ends in February. Where outdoors like March, April, May. 
and you're done. Three months and you're done. And then you're, you're outside. The track is bigger. It's warmer. Um, you can enjoy it. Yeah, it's warmer. You can have sunshine. You can get yourself a nice lawn chair and be able to watch different events. Like, it's it's great. Like, oh, indoor, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't breathe. It's dry in here. And, and like, oh. it's it's cold outside, and you guys and you guys do yeah. practice outside, even though they call it indoor track. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I was like, <clears throat> we run inside, but we practice outside. You, you got built-in interruptions, of course, with with the holidays and stuff like that. So, so yeah, you're right. Indoor track is it's just a weird season, isn't it? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you got to balance it out, and then snow comes into play, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a snow day. Why? And then, especially right around the end of January, February, you're like, oh, snow days, please don't have no snow days. That, that was some snow day. We, that was some snow day we had today, right? Oh, my gosh. Especially being in Frederick County, it's like, it's like North County, it's snowing. South County, it's warm and rain. And then you have multiple things that just come when you're like, all right, well, at least that, hey, at least we had a snow day to be safe. Because we don't want buses on the side of the road. Yeah, that, that, that's true. That, 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 that's an excellent point. So, are you in this job for the long haul, Coach Beard, or are you going to head off into retirement and head to the beach in a couple of years? Oh my gosh, I wish I could, but shoot, being the, the ripe age of 36, there's no way. You, you I have, gotta work a little longer. You, you have a ways to go, don't you? So, I got a ways to go and like hopefully a couple more white hairs in my head that, <laughs> until we do that. <laughs> do, do, your, do your kids, do they put white hairs on your head? There you go. It's probably, probably you have a little white. I was like, I don't like gray. Let's just go white because I feel like white hairs are like distinguished. That's true. And then maybe, and then maybe it might be bald later on. I don't know. Then you just, just get rid of it. Just roll it out. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 that's, that's the route yeah. I went a long time ago. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's low maintenance that way. So oh yeah, and I'm like, but it's a lot colder in the winters with with not a lot of hair. Yeah, just 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 put a hat on or something like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, it's been great having you on. We we, we wish you and your uh, team well uh, in the counties and into your big, really, stretch here with counties, uh, uh, conference, regionals, and states. So, uh, Ronnie Beard, uh, Oakdale Track Coach, uh, thanks so much uh, for being on this week. All right. Thank you for having me on here, and I'll probably see you on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you won't because I'm dealing with uh, my own COVID issues right now. So, I, I would have oh, I, I been there. So, I'm, I'm officially on the – covid reserve list uh coach beard so i would be oh, unavailable like the nfl <laughs> I, I i would be unavailable to you if you, if you needed me in a, a relay or a um or a uh mid-distance sprint race or, or maybe even a short sprint race so. maybe like yes yeah, i'm throwing too we need some throwers <laughs> so it, well I, I i could probably throw it i could probably give you a uh 25 foot shot put it, 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 it that. So, <laughs> I, I i would not i would not place i am sure but um but you, you'll you'll see me for maybe uh, uh, conferences or regionals in the states as as we move forward um, doing that. So, all right, feel better. All right, Coach Beard. I, I the, the the annoying part about this is I don't feel bad at all. I mean, I have a, I have a bit of a scratchy throat, but but I I feel like myself. But I just can't be out and about infecting everyone. So right. So so that that's the most annoying part about having this is I feel fine, but I can't do anything. Except, right. except, except talk to you over Zoom today on a, yeah. on a snow day. So, Hey, Coach, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, thanks to uh, producer Graham Cullen for producing, and thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Final Score. Thanks, everyone.